0: Welcome to the Thriving Forward podcast. Now to introduce your hosts. Hi, I'm Megan Las Panera. I'm the founder and executive director of Kids Thrive 585 Inc. and a pediatrician in Rochester, New York. And I'm Sarah Collins McGowan. I'm also a pediatrician here in Rochester and I teach community health and advocacy to pediatric residents. In each episode, we will speak with people involved in good works and projects in the greater Rochester area. We hope that by introducing you to these inspirational people and their stories, you will be motivated to learn more about these amazing organizations in our region and the fabulous people who keep them working. Today on the podcast, I am pleased to welcome Cheryl Carlton from Flower City Down Syndrome Network. Uh, Cheryl joined Flower City Down Syndrome Network in 2006, first as a mother of a child with Down Syndrome. Over the years, she began serving on the board, including a term as president and now in her current position of vice president. She also serves as the president of the Rochester City School District Special Ed Parent Advisory Council. Cheryl, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So um, we always start our interviews with a little bit of an icebreaker question by asking just what's something that you've been into lately? It can be anything, you know, a show you're watching or a book you've read or something (laughs) fun that you've done, just anything that comes to mind. It's funny
1: you ask that because I think uh, uh, lately I've just... Maybe I'm nesting or something, but I've started just organizing my home. Um, My kids are 11th and 12th grade, and I'm going through years and years of school work that I've saved. So I think I'm in this really organized their school journey years and uh, enjoyed it.
0: I love that. That is um, like my dream to do. I love to organize things, um, but it's so hard to find the time and the kids accumulate so much stuff. So I I totally get that.
1: (laughs) I I accumulate a fair bit myself.
0: (laughs) Well, um, will you start by talking about your experience as a parent um, when your son Matthew was born and you learned that he had Down syndrome and just kind of what that was like for you?
1: Yeah, that, um, what it was like for me initially was terrifying. Um, but I, I tried to keep that time really short and thought, uh, there's so much I don't know. So I think, uh, my job now has kind of turned into, uh, learning and, uh, advocating. Um, I did not know he had Down syndrome. Uh, so his 18 day stay in the NICU, uh, gave me a lot of time to process, uh, what I was feeling and, uh, I felt incredible joy that he was born and that he was healthy. Um, I was, you know, incredibly terrified because I didn't know what Down syndrome really meant. Um, I actually thought it was going to be way worse than it really has been. Um, I wish I had someone to hold my hand that day to say, this is going to be really great. But yeah, our journey began that was 18 days in the NICU.
0: How did the Medical community that was around you at that time for that eighteen days in the NICU, like how did they treat his diagnosis or talk about it with you?
1: Uh, so there wasn't a lot of discussion about it. There were so many kids in the NICU that had such immediate needs that I typically sat there with Matthew and either held him or you know watched him. But you know his oxygen levels were low, so. He couldn't leave until that was taken care of, but he didn't need things like uh hurt surgery or some of the things that typically some of the children with Down syndrome are born with. Um so I, I I waited and I sat for a long time. Um while the nurses and doctors were kind. Uh I don't really believe anyone other than one doctor who came in. He came in positive and said, Can I hold him? I said sure. He held him and he said, "So there's going to be a line on his hand, and there's probably some extra skin behind his neck, and this could be, you know." Um, and he talked about some of the things he might have troubles with, um, uh, but in a really positive way and an encouraging way. And and he was, you know, high level doctor. Uh, he he didn't send in, you know, his associates. He he came himself, which I was really pleased when I learned who he was. And uh, to take the time with me to encourage me uh, really was uplifting. Um, I still had so much to know, but that was helpful. But as far as NICU nurses that I was around all the time, um, I feel like they were just really busy with other.
0: Yeah, he was nurses. probably like the healthiest baby in the NICU. Right? really was. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: I was grateful for that. So most of our time was just sitting and holding and just waiting for him to.
0: Yeah. So how did you find your way then? It sounds like you kind of processed a lot during that, you know, 18 days and were pretty determined, uh, you know, even at that early early stage that you were going to be an advocate for Matthew. And so how did you find your way towards other families, towards community supports? What did that look like for you, that process?
1: So um, one other person that did come to speak with me uh, in the hospital was... um, a social worker that gave me a blue folder uh, with some information on Down syndrome and a lot of national organizations that you could uh, uh, look towards for information and a local Down syndrome, our city, Down syndrome network. And it said, you know, feel free to call uh, or check us out. I can't remember if they had a website up and running but I did make the call and was invited to a meeting that they called the welcome to holland at that time i thought well i'll go he was very little i remember conference room and putting them on the table and saying hey so um what's going on and how how can rochester support matthew you know and i found a wonderful group they welcomed me and uh i think one of the first things we did And was our buddy walk, and I realized it was the time where everyone in the community got together, and I loved every minute of it, and my family came and drove, so there was, I think, 80 of us that day wearing T-shirts for Matthew, and I thought, well, this is our community now. And uh, we raised a fair bit of money. My family and friends were really generous, and then the president said, I'm going to be stepping down shortly, and I think you'd be perfect for our board. Oh no, I've never been, you know, the president of anything except for my family here. And she said, You do great. And I I joined the board. And it's it's a board filled with uh, community members and fellow parents that really work hard. Don't have a brick and mortar building, but we have a place to be. We can't we bold together. We go to the Yammer. So we, you know, tons of things that we do as a group uh, in the community, but together. So very supportive.
0: I love the way that you phrase that, like what um, what can Rochester do to support Matthew? Like that idea of what the community can do to support him is just a really beautiful way of saying that. Talk a little bit more about Flower City Down Syndrome Network and the kind of services that you offer um, and, and what that looks like for different families.
1: Okay, so Flower City Down Syndrome Network is a not-for-profit, 501c3 under the laws of New York State. They, um, they've they been around since 1991. I uh, was so fascinated with the story that I actually uh, got the founders together to write me their history and how they, how they did it before me. Um, and we put it on our website. And it's really beautiful. It was 1991 and... Um, a time where there weren't a lot of Down syndrome organizations readily available in every city. And Rochester didn't have one, but some moms, you know, really needed to know, like me, oh, how do we, how do we start this journey? So, long story short, they got together and uh, found some, found the, found the right folks, and had their first fundraiser. It was a garage sale. They made eight hundred dollars, and they just kept building and. Um, created a not for profit. This name has always been the name. Uh, they created a board and uh, the board has just done its job year after year and board after board to create this wonderful opportunity for our families to truly be together and in the community. Um, you we know, don't have a building like Gigi's Playhouse, uh, another fabulous uh, Down syndrome resource in this city. To have two is really remarkable, and uh, and have two that support each other. Um, they do amazing work. They have a building. They have programs. They have services. They um, they provide tutoring. Um, they have social events where they do you know dancing and and exercise where Flower City doesn't have a building. We never had a building, nor do we have any paid employees. But we have a community of families that once to join. Uh, you know that each year we will host an annual event at Seabury's and 450 of us will be together and our families. So we're in the I mean, it's the best place in the community to be together. Basically. So when you see all of our fan, families and friends with Down syndrome at Seabreeze on that beautiful Saturday in the summer, um, it's a pretty cool thing. you know. And um, that's one of the things that everything we do for our, our members and our families is um, virtually free. Uh, we raise funds to so provide these moments for folks. We uh, celebrate World Down Syndrome Day together. That's in March, March 21st. And um, the triplication of the 21st chromosome, love March 21st. Um, so we started to make that a really big event. And we've been celebrating at Tennessee Valley Country Museum. And uh, we ran out the whole place and have a pancake breakfast and walk the, walk the museum and the park. It's just beautiful. Again, great way to be together but also in our community. We do movie nights, Amherst nights, Red Wings games. Um sometimes we host and uh we try to do quarterly, uh, mom's night out where just the moms will get together. The dads will have their own as well. Um ours usually involves like a really good dessert place. <laughs> Theirs involves, you know, a bar. <laughs> 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 different because we like to sit and chat and share our stories and it's and we typically get all 15, 18 um, moms to do that so that's a really great time to be together and something great that Flower City offers um, we go to Stokie Farms each year uh, just tons of things sometimes the adult group will do things on their own and with someone uh, representing them and taking them on uh a boat ride or something like that. And we haven't in a while, but our, our, our young ones would often have a social group uh, chair that would get their young families together, families of you know babies and one, two year old. That's a whole nother breed, right? <laughs> when you've got toddlers versus trying to do other things out in the community with older kids. Yeah, there's, uh, there's really nothing better to me um, as a mom. As a single mom, too, because this has been my village, but to, um, to see families together and to be able to have safe places and moments where if your child is going to exhibit a really tough behavior, um, which they do often, um, it's okay. It's okay, right? Because we're together. Um, there's no judging. We've often been through it or going through it or we'll be going through it. So um, it just feels safe while it's also um, uh, uplifting. And I remember when Matthew was maybe three, um, I'd see a 16-year-old doing some things that I thought, wow, you think he's going to be able to play baseball like that? Like, yeah. So it's good to even include our families as one versus separating our kids by ages. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we used to go bowling where just the adults would go bowling. And uh, one time I said, you know what, let's make it bowling for everyone. So we all went. And I remember specifically that a mom of a 32 year old at the time young man with Down syndrome was getting to see the one-year-olds and the two-year-olds. And she said, my heart, like, it makes me feel so happy to see. And I said, I know. And I think that's why it's really important for us to have these events. So I'm, you know, I'm emotional about it all the time.
0: Yeah. I can just imagine how all of those um, events create such a rich, you know, social, network and opportunities. I love that. I seeing across the age spectrum, like how meaningful that can be, um, both for parents of older kids or adults to be able to, you know, see younger kids and the opposite too. Earlier, you kind of, you talked briefly when, when Matthew was first born about some of the similarities that kids who have Down syndrome share just from a physical standpoint. But I think developmentally and behaviorally and some of these other things that you're getting at, there's really a, a, a really wide spectrum of what kids who have Down syndrome might be able to do or what they prefer or, you know, how um, different behaviors manifest. Would you talk a little bit about that? Cause I'm not sure that everybody understands how different it can be from kid to kid and family to family.
1: It could be extremely different. And, you know, I, We try not to compare, but when you are around folks that are similar, you do see, um, some folks that are still having a hard time even speaking, um, for many reasons. Um, some are, some I've met that I've met adults with Down syndrome that are nonverbal or might have a dual diagnosis and have even more, um, uh, complications and struggles. Um, then I've seen, uh, kids and young adults like uh, you've met before, Carrie Bergeron, who is really very able. To, she's articulate. She's very bright, um, and she loves being, you know, part of things. Um, and she's able to. Uh, so, and, and then you find the middle of the road, and I always find that um, these kids can still teach each other so much when they're together, and just to know that. They all have so many different behaviors, and the behaviors change. You know, they changed from very early elementary days. And then once Matthew got older and he was more kind of receptive of people's moods, and he was really more, you know, aware of them, then he started to get angry. And so those were difficult years trying to figure out while other kids were to school with anger, you know, like some kids do. And um, and then we got into seventh and eighth grade, and that was just crazy transition times. Of life. Different behaviors there. Um, had to have a behavior plan. He wasn't happy, and now he decided he was leaving school. So he took off. And didn't that far, but now we've got behavior plans in place to figure out what he's, you know, he's not able to express himself. And then we go through ninth grade, COVID, 10th grade in school, and 11th grade, he's matured. And the arguments and things that he's upset about are more age-appropriate, you know, things. So um, it changes. It's a moving parts in this journey constantly. Um, and what was once a struggle, a very significant struggle, this just goes away. And you're very grateful. You do get some new ones. Um, there's a lot of supports out there,
0: though. I always tell parents that, you know, everything. everything's a phase, so you get through something, but but then there's always something next. There's
1: another phase. <laughs> right. It's so singing true, yeah. <laughs> it's all right. It's like you start to just get used to it and yeah. keep the armor on. <laughs>
0: Well, um, you've talked a lot about kind of what um, the network has meant to families. Um, I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit about what some of those connections have meant to either Matthew specifically or just the kids themselves too, being able to be around um, other families and other kids that maybe, you know, understand some of their challenges better than other peers would.
1: Oh, it's, it's critical. And it's been critical in, in my world, uh, especially in a single mom's, you know, to build that village uh, of everyone, whether it's your family and, you know, friends for sure. But when you start to build relationships with other parents and other families, um, especially kids that, you know, might be the same age as your child, so that, you know, you learn things like, you know, things like... Uh, be able to swim yeah you you learn about programs from other parents you know my daughter went in this program oh my gosh yeah they don't just kind of throw them at you and tell you all these wonderful things that are available you have to find them so and I found pretty much everything I know from other parents um which is just it's invaluable I'm not an expert in just being the vice president of an organization doesn't make me an expert on Down syndrome. Um, and I'm learning every day from other people, you know, um, it's the medical community or um, the Down syndrome community at school. Well, I've gone to conferences, uh, national conferences to learn. There's so much to know. Um, and every few years, major. So uh, whether it's school transitions or transitions, Adulthood and guardianship, there's so much No, yet, you know. Um, I don't feel alone in this journey whatsoever.
0: On that topic, you you talked a little bit about Gigi's Playhouse, and I'm wondering, are there other community organizations specifically that you partner with in your work or that have supported the network as you've grown? Yes, and one of the things that... Um, I, I, as a board member
1: for Flower City Down Syndrome Network, have um, tried to be mindful of is um, to those uh, local networks as well, like Flower City should be supporting them. So we fully support GGC each year in ways that we can, and uh, Best Buddies, which is uh, another local organization that uh, really um, provides for many of our children with Down Syndrome. Uh, at the very least and um, uh, I don't know if you know about Artists Unlimited mm-hmm. oh, they're a fabulous group that you might want to have on they um, they started 20 years ago because I just went to the 20th anniversary of 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 them they are a local group that hosts has each year is um, created as cast of Folks with all disabilities, any and all that uh, do a performance each year on uh, Disney that we just saw um, uh, Willy Wonka and every cast member, well, many of them are from our Down Syndrome Network, which is wonderful, but they're just all abilities and it's really, really hard to see, but this family I believe their story. The Shrams they started twenty years ago and said because they had rammed into a young boy they must have been watching a boy that I wish I could do that. And the gentleman said, "Mr. Shrams, why not? Why, why don't? You? Because there's there's no place for me." So he changed that and it grew into something really amazing. So we um, we partner with them, we support them. We're so incredibly blessed that they support our kids locally um so i know best buddies and and artists unlimited for sure and gds and then there's just there's just tons of groups that we partner with um and especially the work i do for the school district and the parent group we have tons and tons of supporters that support in in our school district can't really do a lot without them so we're, we're really lucky
0: well, if um, folks want to learn more about Flower City Down Syndrome Network or, or get in touch, what's the best way for, for people to learn more about the organization?
1: Sure. So there's two ways you can go to our website, and that is www.fcdsn.com. So the for Flower City Down Syndrome Network. Or you can email us at fcdsn twenty one at gmail.com
0: and there's that uh, 21 again right
1: <laughs> 21 always it works <laughs> but if you know someone with down syndrome uh, yeah definitely send them to both flower city and to Gigi's local and we try to share each other's uh you know folks and uh let them know we're, we're here we're both here and that's gonna be okay
0: Well, um, we always like to end our interviews by just asking, what's your favorite thing about Rochester?
1: Uh, I'd have to say, in in line with what we were talking about today, I think my favorite thing is that there's just so many incredible opportunities for our kids. I mean, whether it's educational, socially, uh, we're just really rich. And we do have... Kind of fun things.
0: Well, Cheryl, thank you very much for sharing your experience um, and for spreading the word about Flower City Down Syndrome Network. Um, and it's just been great talking with you.
1: Thank you so much, Sarah. I really appreciate this.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Thriving Forward podcast. This podcast was brought to you by Kids Thrive 585 Inc., the Huckelman Center at the University of Rochester and Rochester Regional Health. To learn more about today's guest, head over to Kidsthrive585.org and click on the podcast link. See you next time.
1: The views, information, and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of their employers or funders.